Welcome to Today in TO. I'm Danny Stover. You know, I'm really glad the Toronto by election has brought up the most pressing issues in the city, like public safety, affordability, and water parks. And I know I'm being a little cheeky here, but many mayoral candidates have been discussing the future site of Ontario Place. And so on today's episode, we'll get into it. It may be a long way from being completed or even started for that matter, but with public consultations happening soon, it's really important that we know what's on the table. So coming up in this episode, you'll hear what the Therm Group is planning for the site, you'll get the potential timeline for the project, and you'll hear what some candidates are proposing for 955 Lakeshore Boulevard if they are elected as Toronto's next mayor. Ontario Place opened in May of 1971. It was a family-friendly theme park, and initially the budget was estimated to be $13 million, which was cute because it ended up costing closer to $29 million. And not only that, Ontario Place wasn't like a bump in destination. For the most part, the park consistently operated at a deficit in the millions of dollars and saw admission numbers drop steadily from 3 million annually in the 70s to just over 560,000 people in the year before it closed in 2012. Now, the planning process as of late has been a bit murky, but what we know is that the international wellness resort firm Therm is looking to build a mega spa along the waterfront, creating 12 acres of public space, which sounds great, but also the idea is if you build it, they will come. And the main building complex, which would be the spa, would be roughly the size of seven football fields and 13 stories tall. The parking needed for a venue of this magnitude needs to be large and in charge as well. And so an underground lot would have to be built and that would come at a cost to the province to the tune of about $450 million. So what is Therm thinking here, and how much say does the city of Toronto have when it comes to Ontario Place? Simon Breton is Senior Manager of Communications and Public Engagement at Therm Group Canada. We're very early in our public engagement and consultation process, though, and the province is really um, leading the revitalization right across the entire Ontario Place site. So the city has been an important partner to us in that, um, you know, we've been working a lot with the Mississaugas of the credit. There's a lot of stakeholders involved, and certainly the city is one of the players at the table. Therm Canada aren't the only players here either. Live Nation's Budweiser stage is there too, but the idea is that these paid areas would create revenue to put back into facilities as part of the revitalization of the park for public use. No matter what, the people are going to be able to enjoy an incredible day done by the water at Ontario Place. The site will remain free for everyone to access. Again, three quarters of it is staying as public parkland. But throughout its history, Ontario Place has actually worked best when there was that ticketed attraction on site. When I was a kid and I used to go, I have very fond memories of that. It cost money to do the log ride to go to that amusement park there. Mm -hmm. But that was also what drew families down. If they didn't want to do that, there was still lots of parkland. There will still be lots of parkland. But it's about getting that mix right and making sure that families have something to do. Or if they don't want to do that activity, then they can hang out in the park. You know, both options. So there is a consultation happening later this month. And there does seem to be room to make suggestions and provide feedback. 
Yeah, you know, we're really, really committed to Ontario Place. We're honoured to be part of a revitalization of such an iconic site. And that public consultation process is really about hearing from Ontarians. What kind of attractions or features would you like to see that might make this, you know, a friendlier, more accessible site, a better place for you to spend a day with your family? Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, let me give you one. We've heard that um, the way that we designed our bridge was maybe blocking some views along Lakeshore of the heritage structures on site. So what our team did was we went back, we took a look at the design of the bridge, we made it glass, we made it smaller, and we think that you'll be able to see those, um, the Cinesphere and the Science Pods way, way better now. So it's about having those kinds of conversations and then seeing what we can do in terms of uh, our proposal to really accommodate those and make sure that people have the best possible experience. Now, what is the timeline? Because it's been more than a decade already. Yeah, you know, we're really excited to get started. I think it'd be a shame to have a whole other generation of kids who didn't get to have that same experience in Ontario Place as I maybe had or past generations have had. Again, we are doing that development or the approvals process through the city. Um, That has to run its course. But if everything goes according to plan, then we should be breaking ground in early 2025 when we're hoping to open our doors in 2027. Key words there from Simon Breton, who is the Senior Manager of Communications and Public Engagement at Therm Group Canada, if all goes to plan with the city. And of course, we're in the midst of a big Toronto by-election where a healthy spectrum of ideas and promises are being tossed around. And you're going to hear from a few candidates after this. We are now more than a week into the Toronto by-election, and it's already getting a bit weird. And I mean, I get that there are many issues, many, many issues. I'm just not sure if moving the Science Centre to Ontario Place is necessarily the way to go, but points for having the vision. And apparently this idea of moving the Ontario Science Centre at Eglinton and Don Mills to the Lakeshore has been around for quite some time. And that's just what we need, an old plan. But according to mayoral candidate Anna Bailau, who was deputy mayor under John Tory, this plan would also lead to the building of 5,000 new homes, including 1,500 affordable units. I think it's a great idea to explore a great state-of-the-art Ontario Science Centre while at the current location we can use uh, uh, the space to build housing, There's about uh, 5,000 units of housing, 1,500 affordable homes that could be built uh, in part of that area. And that uh, existing facility uh, could be used for community uses and support the communities. This plan hasn't been costed, but the nub of this for Bailao is housing. Well, I think the first thing that we need to look at is revisit this plan, right? We need to make sure that, you know, that the Ontario place is a uh, 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 provincial uh, property. And this idea has been floated. And what I'm saying is I would be very supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the area where the Ontario Science Centre is, and uh, in particular, all those parking lots that we could be building lots of housing at the end of Ontario Line and Crosstown Eglinton is city land that is currently leased to the province. Mm-hmm. And I would be very much looking forward to working with the province on a shared priority that we have, which is housing. Josh Matlow also made an announcement regarding Ontario Place and the fact that the province wants to build a private mega spa. But his angle was less about housing 
and more about nostalgia. I think that it's important that the city and the province work collaboratively together to focus on a natural landscape plan, one that also will be a destination for visitors and Torontonians alike, Ontarians from all across the province. The whole vision for Ontario Place, the one that I remember, which was successful when you know many of us were kids, was one that invited people, no matter if you had a backyard, no matter if you could afford a cottage. Torontonians, Ontarians who want a place to go to experience nature, to have fun together, to be together. Matt Lau is using an interesting tactic here. He's kind of pushing the us versus them vibe, you know, us versus the rest of Ontario, which in Toronto, in this economy, I mean, it could work. We're going to have to have a conversation with those local elected representatives at Queen's Park who are part of the Doug Ford government as to whether or not they want to ignore the will of Trontonians. If I'm elected, I'll have a mandate by Trontonians to protect our waterfront and to say no to the sale of the lands on our waterfront. And Doug Ford is going to have to make a decision about whether or not he's going to ignore the will of Trontonians or work with us to ensure that Ontario Place and the lands on our waterfront are here that are natural, animated, beautiful, and for the public for years to come. He also said that moving the Science Centre wouldn't impact the mega spa at all. If the Ontario Science Centre moves down to the waterfront, it would simply be next door to the Thermos Spa. So it doesn't stop the Thermos Spa from privatizing our waterfront. So I appreciate that there are many ideas that are going to be floated. I also recognize that during an election campaign, some candidates are going to want to rush out the door with ideas to suggest that they have an answer to a problem. I think it's time for serious ideas to come forward, ones that are actually thought out, and ones that we don't have to rely on Doug Ford on, but ones that we can actually take on ourselves. So from Anna Bailau, we've got a shore. Let's work together and redevelop Ontario Place. And while you're there, let's move the Science Centre and open up housing opportunities near the top of the forthcoming Ontario line. From Matlow, we've got a thanks, but no thanks. Ontario Place is in Toronto and we need more free access to public space, not less. And then in the creamy middle is Liberal MPP for Scarborough Guildwood and Mayoral Hopeful, Mitzi Hunter. Uh, a real bright spot is uh, is some work that was done in the Trillium Park area that took a parking lot and created beautiful um, bike paths and green space and trees. Uh, indigenous trees were planted there. And it really shows that uh, that we can um, evolve our, our public use. And, and that's what's needed right now. I have sort of a three rigorous tests that I, I, I'm putting out there because when we are taking these... Um, provincial and uh, and city assets, we have to make sure that we're making decisions that really do serve the public and not just now, but well into the future. And so, you know, wanting to make sure that, that this space preserves public access and that it expands it, um, especially access to the waterfront, um, which once you sell that off, you don't get it back. So that kind of illustrates the importance of this. Some of the criticism behind Therm Canada's proposal is that it prioritizes private use and would act as a barrier to Toronto's public waterfront. So is that a firm no to the sale of public land on Toronto's waterfront? I'm not going to be the mayor of no, that, you know, we don't want big uh, 
attractive things in Toronto because I actually think the opposite, that we have to say yes to the right things for our city and uh, making sure this remains an attraction for tourism, for the economy, for jobs. And then finally, you know, the third test is about um, accessibility and affordability. You know, this this is our our waterfront. This is a, a public asset. And, and we want to make sure that uh, people can actually afford to go there and to participate in what is being offered. Okay, so Hunter is not saying no, but it's not an easy yes either. As you heard, she's got three lenses. Each idea will be put under when it comes to the future of Ontario Place, standards for public space, tourism, and affordability. Now, on the other side of the coin, mayoral candidate Anthony Fury wants it all, and he wants that wow factor. Well, we need public space, absolutely. This is a public space, and it has to be accessible to all. There has to be a lot of options, but we also need some sizzle with that steak. We need people to say, I want to go to this place. I mean, right now, you got people going to Niagara Falls all the time, Great Wolf Lodge, places like that. I go there. I have a great time with my family. We need a wow factor element at large places like this. Look, there's a lot of acreage there. We can accomplish a lot of things there. And let's also start talking about other things. You know, Rouge Park over uh, by the eastern part of Scarborough. Mm. Let's start reminding people that we got a lot of great places here. This is not just right downtown where transit and transportation is difficult. We got we to gotta start championing all those public spaces. Great stuff in Scarborough, North York, in Etobicoke. Highlight those as well. Does Ontario Place matter? You better believe it does, but we've got to capture people's imagination with it. We need a wow factor element. Okay, okay, fair point. My pushback here is that Niagara Falls is kind of tired. And don't hate me for saying that, but it's just not for me. And as a person with no children, the idea of going to a massive indoor water park geared to families literally makes my skin crawl. But I get that people need cool things to do, especially people with children, and some folks can afford more than others, and some things are not for me. And I would just like to leave you with this. What worked for Ontario Place in the past might not work now or in the future. There's a big climate piece to this that needs to be considered for the future of all of us here in the city. And Ontario Place really wasn't about making money because it didn't. And now, here's producer Glenn Bergonier. If you're a sports fan, Toronto has a little bit of everything you need to keep you busy and entertained all year round. We also have a pretty rich history in sports, like being home to the first professional home run hit by baseball legend Babe Ruth. Back in 1914, before he stepped up to be in the major leagues, Babe Ruth was simply another player in the Providence Grays and was in Toronto playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not to be confused with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, as you can guess, Toronto found a team name they really liked, and doesn't matter the sport, we're just going to keep using it as much as possible. But back to 1914. It was at Hanlon's Point Stadium on Toronto Island. It was the top of the sixth inning. The Providence Grays had two on base and two outs. That is, until Babe Ruth took the base and proved why he is called the Sultan of Swat, as he took his massive 42-ounce bat, swung away, and knocked the ball so far that landed in Lake Ontario and was forever lost in its cold, dark waters. What makes it even better 
He was only 19 years old. This was a borderline juvenile Babe Ruth. A plaque is still up at Hanlon's Point to commemorate the iconic moment in baseball history. And it also reminds residents that Babe Ruth's Providence Grays completely spanked the Toronto Maple Leafs 9-0. So, do you want to hear me talk more about Ontario Place? Or do you want to see Babe Ruth sock a few dingers? No, that's actually all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is brought to you by 640 Toronto and features audio from shows across the Chorus Entertainment Network. My name is Danny Stover. Today in TO is produced by me, Glenn Bergonier, David Spargala, and David Hunter helped out with today's episode. Amanda Capito, Jason Chapman, and Chris Dunner are advisors to the show. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Till then, sit tight, share this with all your friends, and we'll be together again so soon. Uh, Bye-bye.